this is Brendan Lamb uh, of the Blam Show, and with me here uh, today I've got Bill Dumas, which everybody knows him as the Sausage Sensei. He's arguably the best sausage maker in the world. Uh, everybody, hello, Bill. Howdy, how y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's doing pretty good. <laughs> good, good, yeah, good. For the most part. Good. Yeah, how's uh, how's your day started so far? I know you had to come in for this. No, pre- pretty good. Uh, went into the restaurant, obviously, this mm. morning very early. What time did you get there? Uh, I got there about 5, 5.30, and... Uh, kick the uh, prep wheel down the road uh, <laughs> there's always something to do you know how it is oh, yeah. in prep land oh god yeah. so made a bunch of sausage this morning that i pre-prepped yesterday and then brisket trim and all that kind of good gravy stuff you yeah know? how uh, how many different kinds of sausage y'all make today uh right now i kind of stage things out my uh, sausage production uh whether it's one stick of sausage yep. or 3,000 pounds of sausage, the total process it takes three to five days yeah. from start to finish. So I'm always having to keep three to five days of inventory on hand. So with that being said, every day I have some sort of something going on yeah. in the prep wheel. And y'all have, y'all have um, walk-ins for that, right? I do. Yeah. I have, we have uh, 800 square feet of dedicated uh, of, uh, raw meat uh, facility, yeah. which uh, is where we process all of our briskets and raw meat, and, and that's sausage. In, and that's inside. You're, you're processing inside the walk-in, um, like Negative. you should. Or okay. I have a controlled area, yeah. so we were lucky. Uh, if you could have seen where I was making sausage, uh, our we have two restaurants in our group, which are Liberty Barbecue in Round Rock and Brotherton's Black Iron in uh, Pflugerville. Yep. If you could have seen where I was making sausage at Liberty, you were like, how in the hell did you do it? <laughs> you know. Next to the pit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Had me making it at, at Law Barbecue. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, nonetheless, uh, we had a suite that came open uh, and available earlier last year, and we retrofitted it. Uh, that's two doors down from Brotherton's Black Iron, and it's 800 square feet of dedicated prep space. Oh, well, so you're not, I mean, what are you just getting, like a like wheelbarrow and kind of going back and forth with it, or do you? Well, the uh, the truck comes, and, well, we're trimming briskets for two restaurants, yeah. so all of that raw meat trim uh, comes to me. Uh, of course, I order through our supplier, yeah. which is Rafino Meat Service. A lot of people out here use Ravino. They do. Little Mikey Ravino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he has a theme song. Oh, he does? Yeah. And, you and when it, Yes, I'll, I'll tell you. So whenever I first uh, met Mike at uh, Style Switch, yeah. he walked in the back door. It was my first day of working there, and it was just Lance Kirkpatrick and myself. Yeah. And Mike walks in, and I knew we were going to become instant friends. So now he has the theme song. Whenever he comes in, I'll just go, Little Mikey Ravino. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. That's hilarious. <laughs> But anyway, so we uh, all the raw meat and, and supplies come to me, and then we turn them into magical uh, smoked meat delicacies. Oh yes, y'all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does. I'm, I mean, literally some of the best in the world. <laughs> we try, and we hope yeah. people like them. And yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, there's no, I don't really get much from anybody saying not one bad thing about your sausage ever. So, well, I, I appreciate that. I try, <laughs> try to be somewhat humble. <laughs> no, and, and you are really. I mean, I've I've known you now for what I don't know, five six years at least. At least, yeah. yeah. And you've never been a braggadocious kind of fella. I try <laughs> not to be, but at the same time, my granddad said it's a dumb dog that don't wag its own tail. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, obviously, you spend enough time. Doing it you know you're doing the right job you know yeah and then you get how many i know since this last like two years it's really taken off i feel like i mean just in at least in the social media public eye mm-hmm. that i've seen with you um with people or do you do more consulting and and, mm-hmm. and doing more traveling to do these classes at these mm-hmm. different restaurants and showing people and even collaborations on the mm-hmm. sausage stuff mm-hmm. um what, what made you change to start doing that just kind of a switch of uh, switch of scenery or just you kind of got more people asking about it well i kind of you know in my years in this business uh, well let me back up i started in this business at a usda inspected facility yeah uh which is smoky denmark smoked meats I, I do remember that yes yep, over on the east fifth that was in the old wild wild west days <laughs> Uh, but nonetheless, that that's my background. And when yeah. I when I branched out into the uh, restaurant uh, application of things, yeah. uh, off the backside of the uh, food truck that or barbecue truck that we had at Smoky Denmark, whenever I hit style switch, it was it was full tilt boogie because yeah. we were eighty to one hundred briskets a day on, uh, on a yeah. busy weekend day. So plus everything else behind it, uh, which was a really good experience and. I love it, you yeah. know, and I love the, the restaurant life and whatnot. But over over the years, uh, I've kind of really identified a niche 
in the market. And that niche in the market, well, obviously is sausage. Making sausage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, it, it's definitively sausage because there are some restaurants that make their own sausage, but then there's others that don't. Mm -hmm. But the important thing with sausage is, is from a restaurant perspective, in order to stay viable, uh, you really have to think about how you're going to recapture some of those protein costs. And when we're talking about proteins that, are, in the case of brisket, five and six bucks per pound, yeah. and we're talking about a product where you're, on average, are losing about 50% by trim and cook, mm -hmm. then you really need to be inventive and create uh, another avenue. But sausage has always been that vehicle all the way back to the old world. Yeah. Uh, there's archaeological evidence, for example, of ancient Philistines making sausage 3,000 years BCE. So with pork, with pork casings, everything too. Did they? I they... think they were using whatever they whatever had on cases. whatever animal they had so to harvest. Cool. But with that being said, yeah. that was all tidbits and scraps. When we fast forward and we're talking about different cultures and different traditions, yeah. uh, as it pertains to Central Texas, well, uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Spanish and Mexican influences as well as uh, Bavarian, be that uh, Czech or German. Yeah. So when you meld all those influences together in respect to sausage. Uh, that becomes our cultural food history. So yeah. we're trying to capture the food cost, and we're trying to live up to our cultural food heritage. Preserve but, the history. Preserve yeah. the history. But from an artisanal uh, standpoint, now we get to play Salvador Dali. Yeah, nobody, no, before, you know, back in the day, they weren't doing these blueberry Gouda, you know, I mean, they might have been, but it wasn't something you see regularly on the, mm -hmm. on the, on the menu. It might be someone special for like at Christmas or something for their family, mm -hmm. you know, just because they were good at it. But like, mm -hmm. there were so many different types of, growing up, going to these different meat markets and going mm -hmm. to different barbecue restaurants, you had like a, you know, a cracked black pepper or, you know, mm -hmm. or, or the hot gut, you know, and even mm -hmm. the hot gut's not even that traditional for like North Texas, you know, it's more of a central right. Texas thing. Mm -hmm. um, so now how much has changed, you know, with how much you've changed the game with all the different recipes you do. And then mm -hmm. all these other guys, um, well, just for like one off the top of my head, uh, up in my area, uh, you got Dane's craft barbecue, oh. uh, Dane Weaver. Oh and, my and, gosh. Dude, yes. His sausage right there. Wow. Uh, he is and, inventive as hell, you know, oh, as, yeah. as, as well as, uh, Brandon Hurtado, as well as Brandon Hurtado, he does a lot mm -hmm. of really crazy cool stuff. Yep. Um, but like, have you seen any that shouldn't be made? Mm. <laughs> like, well, and I, not not digging anybody else, obviously, but because everybody's got to go through the process of the you know the process of the trial and error uh, and all that. But oh, sure. Uh, I think that really kind of boils down to personal taste. Yeah. Uh, Burrsworth, <laughs> Haggis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's really traditional kind of stuff that uses a lot of awful. I think anything's pretty much uh, the sky's the limit. Uh, obviously, you, you stated some really good uh, folks that really make some really good product. But I think it really boils down to understanding the principles behind sausage because it's exactly like artisanal baking. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're going to make an artisanal pumpernickel or a rye, then you really have to follow set procedures yeah. in respect to your weights and measurements and how you handle the ingredients and product. You can't or just don't. blaze your own trail. No. You're not going to have a rye, a pumpernickel rye. That's correct. <laughs> and, and with sausage, it's understanding weights and measures with yeah. salts and, and then the measures of weights and proteins and then how you handle the product. Yeah. That d dictates its eventual outcome. And the more the more uh, ingredients you have inside your sausage, the more complicated it is to not oversee season or mm -hmm. under or put something that doesn't really clash mm -hmm. with the other ingredients true um speaking of you know the kitchen sink everything you've got a sausage right here that you brought with us mm -hmm. and uh which is the brisket boudin yes sir uh, that's correct could you kind of give us a little bit of rundown what's inside that and then we'll try some of it i'm waiting yeah well <laughs> what it is it's it's a melding of two uh two cultures mm -hmm. so it's a melding of an acadiana classic which is boudin yeah uh, and we know that from a tr traditional standpoint, uh, that's very classic all throughout southern Louisiana very. and southeast Texas. Yeah. So it's a melding between that culture and, and ours, Texas, Texas Barbecue. Yeah. So we all, as a restaurant, when you're at the block and you're, you're having some things uh, that are on the block that yeah. you don't really put want to put on the tray, but you really... It can go to a chopped sandwich, yeah. right? Yeah. Or it can go into beans, or it can find another avenue, which is right here. <laughs> cool. So what this is is uh, long grain rice. Okay. Uh, the Trinity, well, not a true Trinity, because the true trend, Holy Trinity of uh, Cajun is uh, celery, uh, bell pepper, and onion. Mm -hmm. This one is two types of uh, bell pepper, red mm -hmm. and green, 
and then uh, jalapenos, and then, of course, uh, uh, red, red onion. onions. Yeah. So it's rice, uh, the, the, the trinity, a lot of brisket. Uh, in order to keep it moist, uh, we add back into it brisket tallow. Yeah, that's the hard part with boudin is keeping it moist. Mm -hmm, very hard. Yeah. Uh, so we add back into it uh, brisket tallow and then quite a bit of seasonings, lots of seasonings that really push it over the cliff. What do you, I mean, without giving away, obviously, but what kind of seasonings are we talking? Anything over the top that you wouldn't think of that's in there? No, not really. I try to keep it pretty traditional. I kind of think, I try to think about it irrespective of what dish I'm making, yeah. uh, if I'm seasoning the sausage, I think about what it is that's inherent to that product, to that dish. In yeah. the case of barbecue, this is really just going to be uh, black pepper. It's going to be salt. Mm -hmm. It may or may not have Lowry's in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and some garlic, <laughs> granulated garlic, yeah. onion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Uh, exactly. You, you see where I'm going. Very, very much. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, it's just... You know, boudin, to me, uh, I've been making sausage for a while, not as long as you have, but for a while, and it's always been so, so um, intimidating, you oh, know? No, it's... And, 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 but then whenever you start to get get into it and all that, it's just, it's hard to get the right consistency. It's, it is. Yeah, and that's, that's the, you know, my first time I made it, I was like, this is not the right thing. <laughs> I'm going to leave this to the professionals. <laughs> Although, yeah. in some aspects, I am professional, but not yeah. when it comes to boudin, that's for sure. Do you make any andouille or anything, or...? I do, yeah. uh... Recently, I went to uh, one of our uh, friends, yeah. uh, 1701 Barbecue oh, in yeah. Boma. So uh, that's Blue Broussard and his family and his crew that run the place. What, they have an interesting story because Blue is a mortician. Oh, he is. And he comes from a family mortician. Wow. Uh, the, wow. Bru the Broussard family funeral homes yeah. have been in there, uh, run the greater Beaumont area. Eh, wow. And since uh, about the last turn of the century. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, they just celebrated their one year anniversary, and I went down there and slung some sausage yes, for them. Saw that. And what it was is I made my own tasso. And tasso in Cajun culture is a cured ham, but it's a Acadiana and Creole. Okay. And in its influence, so it's indicative all over uh, Southeast uh, Louisiana. So I cured my own tasso. That's yeah. the base, the main vehicle. That then I turned it into what I called crawfish boil in a tube. Oh. So it had uh, the tasso as the main vehicle, <laughs> shrimp, uh, crawfish, yeah. uh, corn, uh, new potatoes or red potatoes, yeah. and seasoned appropriately as you would uh, proper crawfish boil. That's so, really so, interesting. Yeah. I'm actually going to find it. Yeah, get in there. So, yeah, andouille for sure. Uh, my motto is, is if you can think of any type of composed dish, just think of anything. You can explode it. And then put it back together in a tube. Yeah, here we are. That's how you get, you know, um, going back to Hurtado Barbecue, he's doing a Somali one right now. Mm -hmm. um, I would never have thought of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what it is. You can think of it and explode it mm -hmm. and put it to bed, put it together, reassemble it in a tube. Uh, Korean bulgogi, uh, Vietnamese shaken mm -hmm. beef, uh, chicken cordon bleu, uh, the list goes on. What's the wildest one you've tried mm. to put together? It didn't work out. That did not work out? Yeah. You know what? This is going to sound so crazy. <laughs> a turkey sausage. Really? Yeah. What did you do with it? Yeah. So I tried to uh, make a turkey sausage uh, that was kind of reminiscent of what Vinsel Mayers did over at Taylor Cafe. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't happy with it. And sometimes, have you ever had turkey? Uh, specifically dark meat turkey, and you're processing and you're going to make it into something. Yeah. But it really has that really overpowering turkey yeah. punch that really is too much. Yeah, nothing really masculine, nothing yeah. really goes with it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that and that was where that went. Okay. So and, you think maybe using like a breast or something would have been? Yeah, I think uh, if I'm going to tackle that one again and retro... And, and you know what? That sounds so pedestrian, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But sometimes the most simple things are the ones that will humble you. Right. Because you're over here making yes. this, you know, very, very yeah, complicated, complicated thing. Yeah. And but then the, the, the single meat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's the simple thing mm -hmm. that, that gets you. Yep. So I think in retrospect, I'll, I'll adjust my fat yeah. uh, versus my protein and the type that I use. Yeah. And what, to kind your of fat, point. what kind of fat are you putting in there? Uh, well, I use deckle fat. Yeah. That's my primary so, fat for all of my sausage. Yeah. And it's because I always have a lot of it on hand. Yeah. And I I like to manipulate uh 
the emulsification rates in my sausage and the emulsification rate on that deco path is somewhere around 40 to 45 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit. So <laughs> it's a, it kind of caps it. Yeah. Yes. Bingo. Absolutely. You said it. Very cool. Man, that's very cool. Um, kind of switching gears a little bit. I, a little bit, it's actually completely 180. I know you have a turtle. <laughs> I saw that you have a turtle. No. You don't. No, but I made, is, I, made a tur- I made a turtle into something, though. I thought you had a turtle friend named Frank. No, but I did turn a turtle into something. What did you do? You made a turtle sausage? Yes. No way. Yes. What kind of turtle, first Wait. off? Ready or snapping, or what was it, like a big old box turtle? Or? No, no. So down at Dozier's. Yeah. Right, yeah. they they had a, a wild game dinner, right? Yeah, and uh, it was Jim Buchanan that uh, that that hosted it. So we sourced some uh, wild game. So we made a tortoise and hare sausage. Oh man! So it was rabbit and soft shell snapping. Oh, turtle. cool! All in one. That's probably what you saw. I think it was. I think yeah, it, I literally I saw something. And, and we and we turned it into it, and we went Nash. I believe we went Nashville hot with that one. No, yes. we didn't. We went uh, we went gumbo with it. What one was the Nashville hot? The Nashville hot. They, okay. <laughs> Another story. Here we go with the <laughs> the Frank Zappa double entendres. So that was the puss and python. So it was a it was a game hen called a pusson yeah. or a pusson <laughs> and python. So it was puss and python. Oh no! Way. And that's the one we did okay, Nashville okay. hot. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you call it again? The puss and the python. Puss. I, the pusson. The pusson. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't claim. Uh, the, the name to that, John Brotherton did that. Yeah. And doesn't that sound like John? It does, 100%. That's why you two work so good together. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> um, I was actually, I'm actually a little bit disappointed. Um, I, I really thought you'd have a fedora with you today. You know what? <laughs> I really did. I, well, I know. And here's the crazy thing. Yeah. I did. No, you took it off before you walked <laughs> no, in? No. <laughs> the, the damnedest thing happened. So my truck broke down. Yeah. The front CB axle went out on oh, it. Oh, no, sir. And the hat's in the damn gum truck, which okay. is at the shop. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, man, I was talking it I was talking it up to everybody. I was like, man, is he going to come? And he's, got, he's like this badass guy. He's, he's so interesting. <laughs> and here and, I am yeah. looking like I just come off the pit, which I did. <laughs> yeah, which you did. So it's fine. It's even better. If y'all could smell the way this man smells. <laughs> I can take off my shirt if you like. <laughs> I, look right in that camera and do the, the truffle tuffle or whatever you call it. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. No, no. <laughs> So who do you think right now, I mean, we don't have to keep this on sausage the whole time because I know mm. you've done stuff before Smoky Denmark's. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what, was, what was really, you know, what brought you into starting to cook sausage? And, and I mean, it's not just that. You obviously do all the barbecue. But, mm-hmm. like, what brought you into doing barbecue from what you were doing before? And what were you doing before? Oh, boy. I've done all kinds of crazy things. First off, I'm a Marine Corps vet. Yes, yes. So thank you. I was a, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, no, I was a terrible juvenile delinquent. And uh, I had two choices, you know, go down a path of nothing, (laughs) which leads nowhere, or go into the service. So I chose the service. And and the funny thing is, is the Army recruiters came to the house uh, whenever uh, the old man was not, you know, in town. He was a salesman, so he spent a lot of time on the road. So when he came in uh, from work, uh, mom told him, hey, the Army recruiters came in and... uh, I th- we think this is going to be good for, for Bill. Yeah. And my dad said, like hell. <laughs> so he drug me to the Marine Corps recruiter. <laughs> said, you're going to be in the service. You're going to be in the service. You're going to the toughest one. <laughs> so I'll never forget it because in, in the Army, they, they were real nice yeah. and congenial. The, the recruiting office was great. It had yeah. all these nice posters. <laughs> and they promised you the world. Yeah. It was awesome. So enter into the Marine Corps <laughs> recruiting office and there was a steel government desk, yeah. nothing on the walls. A pissed off guy sitting there. <laughs> yes, it was a gunny with a glass eye that yes. looked in this direction, chain smoking. Oh, man. And, and yeah, they promised me nothing. Yeah. He said, if you can make it, You'll be one of us, and yeah. that's the classic mantra. For well, the that's Marine cool Corps. because <laughs> Army, they're like, yeah, come on in. We'll, we'll see where we can fit you in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not the Marine Corps at the time. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, and this was in the '80s during the height of uh, the Cold War. Yep. At the time, there were less than 150,000 duty, 150,000 active duty Marines worldwide. Wow. I don't know what the numbers are now, but now looking back on it, I'm, I'm really glad that I went into the Marine Corps because. 
for lack of a better term, it's almost like a fraternal organization. Right. There's like a secret handshake. Yeah, when, right. When two Marines meet, it means something. Mm -hmm. And there's that mantra that once a Marine, always a Marine. Heard that. And it's very true. I can assure you yeah. that. Anybody that you come across yeah. um, that's been a Marine, it's instantly. It's instant. Yeah. And I've met a gentleman uh, two years ago that was uh, that served. Uh, uh, he was on Iwo Jima. Wow. And he and he didn't. We just talked Marine Corps. Yeah. And we talked about our experiences. And he was just as interested in to learn about mine as I was his. Yeah. So it's just that commonality. And then even me talking sitting here talking to you yeah it's bringing it out internal and to, rem to remember all this th those times and your different little experiences yeah, and, and it kind of changes your inside bearing yeah and now i want to now, now i want to go crack some skulls come on <laughs> let's do it you're in the right town for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sorry but i was i'm a marine corps vet and then i've done a lot of other things menial jobs or otherwise yeah uh, industrial refrigeration technician. Okay, bring me in on that one. So, <laughs> that, yeah. that right there. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to learn a trade. Yeah. So I put myself through uh, school and learned a trade. Uh, uh, in this case, it was just basic air conditioning and yeah. basic nuts and bolts. Uh, but I got a job uh, with uh, TD Industries in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And they started me up from, from whale scum, just wow. low, yeah. you know, here, clean that coil, you know. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And so I worked my way up, and I eventually was a technician uh, for a lot of our large uh, uh, commercial contracts. Cool. Mission Tortilla being one of them, American Food Service being another one of them, if I can name names. Yeah. And we're talking about maintaining all of their refrigeration equipment, up to and including ammonia systems. Oh, wow. So, which which uses ammonia as a as a refrigerant uh, okay. when it's compressed. And these are mostly walk-ins, or they're just regular uh, walk-ins, yeah. refrigerated warehouses, yeah. you name it. Wow! So the, not so the whole gamut. Not like a three-door fridge or just a regular oh, kitchen yeah. fridge or stuff. But oh yeah, okay. You had to go all the way down to all the way down. Man, yeah. So well, that's that's interesting on its own. You know, I. I grew up since I was about 12 years old working handyman stuff with my dad. He's uh -huh. a master electrician, master HVAC, oh, master. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so I'm, that's where I come from as well. <laughs> and then started when I was 14 working at Texas Roadhouse as a busboy, all that stuff. Uh -huh. uh, and then being, in. Yeah, being, <laughs> being the end ever since of that. And um, really haven't even looked back ever mm -hmm. uh, until just now, you know, since this pandemic thing and I shut down, the, or Ashley and I shut down the restaurant. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah I, I did know that. And yeah, we were going to open yeah. right back up, and then it's just not—it doesn't make sense right now. So um, no. there's there's all these other ways for me to, of course, uh, stay in the industry and hang out with my buddies like and, this. Yeah, exactly yeah. like this. And then mm -hmm. now it gives up more more free time to go and do collaborations and go do uh, consultings and go. You know, oh, I dig it. I like to say spread the barbecue gospel because. Mm -hmm. um, Everybody knows every, this. It's the religion of Texas, you know, for the most part. Uh, but there's other places all over, as you know, that do not um, know anything about this oh, or yeah. how it's supposed supposed to be. Is very, you know, objective or subject. Yeah, it's very, very. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's based on your own your own uh, liking and your own bringing up and your own environment of what you think is good, what is not. But some of these states that you go to and they say it's barbecue. <laughs> It's hard to call it barbecue, you know? Yeah, well, I, believe me, I know. Uh, trust me, I know. But Who do you think? Go ahead. No, back to the other. And then I was uh, from a refrigeration technician. Yeah. I was an over-the-road truck driver. Okay. Man, that right there takes some dedication. Yeah, uh, it, it was. But this was the days before GPS and yeah. before any of that other mishmash. So yeah. they gave you... Here, go pick up this load in Bronx, uh, Hunts Point, the Bronx, and good luck. Yeah. And you had to use your wits, a payphone, <laughs> yeah. uh, a CB radio, and, and that's how you got around. In fact, I was in, I was in uh, New York. I had dropped off a load of uh, air conditioners in Brooklyn uh, two days prior to 9-11. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I came across the GW at uh, uh, 0200 in the morning. And then landed on my drop, which was in Brooklyn. Yeah. I dropped at about 8 o'clock in the morning and then made my way across over to Long Island City, picked up my next load. But I remember distinctly uh, in Brooklyn talking on the payphone, looking across and seeing the double towers. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, commenting and saying, oh, look, it's the World Trade Center because yeah. that was iconic. And nobody, yeah, nobody and really gets to see that. You know, no. I mean, that's not something you, you you think of all the time. And it was something everybody took, you know, for granted. Kind of took it for granted that's the word mm -hmm. uh you know that cityscape that everybody go and took a picture in front of the you know the river and see the the all the towers and the always that lower manhattan uh in front of everybody yep 
and now it's yep no that's a big hole that's a big and hole i i left there and i uh dropped a load in cookville tennessee mm-hmm. which was the next day and then made my way to dallas and i remember i normally turn my cb radio off so i could go to sleep but for some reason i was too tired and left it on and the chatter on the cb is what woke me up and they were talking about all the goings on in the world and who done it yeah uh and then i said well, what the hell so started listening more acutely and only to discover that it was the twin towers that went down and i was just there wow <laughs> i was in seventh grade in choir class when that happened yeah seventh grade wow ain't that something <laughs> yeah you're, you're in the middle of a full-grown man career <laughs> <laughs> hey man it's yeah. all perspectives it you is know? Yeah. You know, i just i mean i remember the day that was crazy yeah i mean and to know that you were there right before then yeah like right before that happened. i mean yeah, it could have been the next day. Hey, who knows? You know, I would have been trapped there. there. You know, for who knows how long. And the world's on a little bit more sideways since then. But I digress. <laughs> quite but, a bit. Yeah, quite <laughs> a bit. But uh, in respect to barbecue, you know, I, you just touched on something uh, about consulting and spreading the gospel. The curious thing is about Texas barbecue, and we all know that it's part of our cultural yeah. food history as far as Central Texas is concerned. The state's huge, just divided up into separate regions. But uh, as far as Texas barbecue is concerned, uh, and it becoming regional and then thus becoming global, I think what we're looking at is a distillation uh, of different processes. Uh, and that distillation put us to something that is very artisanal, mm-hmm. right? Rather than traditional. Rather than traditional. Yeah. So I think this actually has uh, has the uh, market and has uh, everything is went in that direction. I think you can kind of attribute that to, well, John Miller, of course. Yeah. And then... Uh, Probably, uh, well, not probably, uh, Aaron Franklin mm-hmm. for those two directions. R.I.P. John Miller. Pardon? So R.I.P. John Miller. Yes. But here's the thing. Yeah. So I can remember going to John Miller's brick and mortar. In Georgetown uh, or in si- Office 6? Off of Manor. Oh, off of Manor. That's mm-hmm. before, yeah. That's that was me. back in 2003. Yeah. And getting my mind blown because I've been a customer of uh, Louis Miller's since the late 1980s when Fred Fountaine, who had worked there for 40 years, was still there. My very first experience at Louis Miller was uh, probably in 89, and walking in, it was Bobby and uh, Fred Fountaine. Uh, But I I digress. So that was always my benchmark as far as uh, classic Central Texas barbecue is concerned. So whenever I heard that John Miller, who I didn't know from Adam at the time, had opened a uh, brick and mortar on East Manor, and this would have been in 2003, and getting my mind blown because it was every bit as good as what was coming out of Louis Miller. Yeah. But with a different twist on it. Because he had a different cooking technique. A different cooking technique, which was really hot and fast. Very hot. (laughs) Very hot and fast. But whenever he reopened on, speaking of of John uh, Lewis, Whenever he finally did reemerge after several different incarnations yeah. over on South First, I was a regular customer there too. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brisket, uh, the cheesy squash, the au jus sauce. I heard about the cheesy squash. I never got to. I, I got the recipe. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll hook up later. <laughs> nice. but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, he had. Uh, I'd been a religious customer there, and then all of a sudden, one day I went there. And there was a completely different crew there. There was this guy, you know, taking orders, you yeah. know, in the window who I'd never seen there before. Real skinny, very studious with glasses. I'm like, who the yeah. hell is this guy? It was John Lewis. Oh, yeah. And then a week later, <laughs> it was La Barbecue. <laughs> That's great. Have you been up to this new spot in Charleston? Uh, it's not I've, new now, but... No, no, I've not. Lewis Barbecue out there? No, I've, I've not. But I keep meaning to, and I just... You know how it is. Yeah. Oh man, busy as hell. You're one of the busiest yeah. men in this industry right now. You got yeah, you running you know two restaurants. It is. <laughs> you yeah. know how it is. <laughs> yeah. No, but his his setup over there is really, really, really cool, and it's really brought open. You know, the, what the feeling of Austin and this like the Central Texas what Austin when it's turned into. Mm-hmm. He brought that to Charleston for like big time. Uh, the the whole feel of his whole pit house mm. or smoke room uh, and the whole restaurant itself, and then uh, he's got double lines going up to uh, for the for cutting. Uh, yeah, for service. Double, yeah, yeah. Um, the the pass through shams, you know. Uh, uh, perfect. Oh god, it's awesome. Oh wow, pass through. Pass through. So they're in the back. They got door in the back, and then there's a, it's oh. into the wall, and then there's so the people in the back can unload from the pit room, 
and go and load it in the sham, and then whoever's serving can wow. open up the other side. Why didn't I think of that? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're a little more expensive than just a regular office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pro- yeah, they probably are. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, so what's, what, who's your, who's your, who, who are you looking up to right now in, in the industry? Who are you being like, man, they're fucking killing it? Man, there's <laughs> this guy. His name is Brendan Lamb. I'm not. Don't even rest him. I appreciate man. that. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. The, the thing about it is, is, and I think Daniel Vaughn really touched on it with this last Top 50 about yeah. a new generation of yeah. very young people in the industry. Oh, yeah. But don't be fooled. <laughs> the number one on there, these guys, even though they're in their mid 20s yeah. or so, they've been around. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've worked with yeah. most of them. Yeah. <laughs> like Lane? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Friedman's Law Bar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. And Craft Meats. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and then you get Johnny from Franklin's. And yes. um, he was at the barbecue too for a little bit. And then Dylan, yeah. which I don't know if Dylan's cooking there anymore, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I hadn't heard much. Oh, he's he's living the life in, in Colorado on the mountains, I think, is what I've heard. Oh, that bastard. <laughs> I know. I want to go be a cowboy in Colorado. But, but, but I, think that, I think that's what it is. I yeah. think there's a, a new generation, and this is, really makes me happy. Yeah. Because there's a new generation of folks out there that are putting their own twist on it and really pushing the envelope yeah. of what barbecue could be defined as and i really have a whole lot of respect for that so i would say there's quite a few people if we're just talking about the top 50 yeah that yeah. that are on that list that i have quite a bit of mad respect for good, good. that are really doing things that are really ingenious I, and, and i'll tell you what interstellar oh, you know yeah. Okay. Yes, <laughs> but don't be fooled because John Bates has been around a long, a long time. time. Yeah, and Noble Pig, come uh-huh. on now, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that place was incredible. Right, you know. So they've been doing some really cool things, uh, and not only that, but if you look at it from a global perspective, hell, I was in Perth back in uh, 2019, and I'm telling you that those guys doing a are, class or something. No, I, I was flown down there uh, along with Harry Sue, yeah. and uh, then there's another guy. His uh, name is Chef Philip Dell, uh, oh. who was uh, a chop champion and, cool, and cool. a lot of other things with the Food Network. Yeah. So we were all down there working. Uh, there was a big barbecue festival uh, at, in Perth at Ascot Racecourse. How cool is that? So yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a horror story in there, but. <laughs> Hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. So, well, I was flown down there with those guys, and I did a big VIP dinner for uh, a lot of people. For for, but I'm just uh, I say all that because what the guys down there are doing in respect of what Texas barbecue is on their own terms is incredible. Because they're having to overcome a lot of different things that we don't have to think about. Their 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 meat, even stock that they have ding, out there, ding, yeah, ding. their cattle, yep. their, everything is not. They, they butcher, near ours. Yeah, they yeah. butcher at a lighter weight yeah. with a different butchery system, uh-huh. and woods and so on and so forth. But the thing about it is, is we're very lucky here in the state of Texas because what is clearly defined as ours has spread global. Mm-hmm. But I guess the same thing can be said for a lot of different things in life. And culture and yeah, arts. Yeah. What was clearly a, a defined, a uniquely American musical experience, two things come to mind, which is definitively ours. Yeah. As that's blues and barbecue. And barbecue, of course, yeah. but from a musical standpoint, blues and country music. Yeah. And now those two things have gone global. And there's a whole history to explain why they are uniquely American. But now you think about all the musicians that have reapplied those techniques yeah. and exploded it and put it back together in, in the bar. Found a whole new market, and, and too. Found a whole new market. Well, well the same thing's happening with, with barbecue and really pushing that envelope. So a lot of these people on that list with Goldie's, with Interstellar and, and the like, they're really pushing those boundaries. And I, and I really like to see that because that's that's those are the things that inspire me uh, to do some things that are unique in tube form mm-hmm. because it's twofold. It, it, it plays into that artistical sense, yeah. uh, which is... Which you I obviously can, are. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> I can create that and make it better, yeah. but there, it also kind of feeds into a little bit of ego. Like, yeah. I can do that better can, than him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's cool as it comes because... I mean, there's so many people that are so much better than me that I learn from on a daily basis oh, yeah. and learn new, new little techniques and whatnot. Um, 
and just for somebody like you to be humble enough to come in and obviously everybody knows that you're like you're the sausage guy your you're sausage it's it's in the name the sausage sensei you know everybody knows so there's a there's, there's a bar that's been set you know and then all these other guys they're even looking at the bar or not you know they're they're coming in and they're kicking ass and they're being creative and uh they're bringing in this new generation of barbecue mm -hmm. and so, so what i remember um when i was on the food network show they called it one of the the challenges they called it elevated barbecue yes i saw that yeah so they wanted yeah. they wanted to take just regular old barbecue that we did and then how do we take how do we step it up a notch and that's something that like you know laurie and lewis um and, Bingo. Yeah, yeah every they're they're taking this barbecue and even cm smokehouse they're like they're they're mm -hmm. elevating it to this new level to where you can still get you know your 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 traditional brisket your beef ribs your your you know your hot gut sausage you know all that stuff but then they're they're pushing the boundaries to be able to go and be a little bit more inventive and dude that's where like you have shined so much like everybody that you're great with your traditional barbecue but then you're able to come in and do these things that people are not used to and still <laughs> make yeah and make it to where they are you know excited to try it because the track record and that well. you know that's what, that's what we try to do. It says something. But the, but the thing about it is, is, you know, when you step on stage with other people mm -hmm. like yourself, yeah. you know, uh, well, the last place I saw you was at Troubadour. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is fun. Oh, there you go. But, <laughs> but the thing about it is when you step on that stage, right, and you have all these people that are your peers, yeah. then there's that, that sense of, well, what's, what's, what's Brendan doing over yeah. there? What's, what's Dane over there? Oh, doing? yeah. Oh, man, I should have thought of exactly. that. Exactly. Oh, I'm going to pick that up. Yeah. I'm going to use that. And then, you know, it's that, it's that a whole thing. It pushes and everybody to do better. Bingo. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So with, with that in, in mind, it is raising that bar uh -huh. higher and higher and higher. And we're going to continue to jump it. Oh, yeah. Or do the limbo. <laughs> I don't know which. <laughs> the limbo in my case. <laughs> in my case. I don't know. <laughs> I don't bend that well anymore. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't know if I did. If I get down there, I'm not getting back up. Yeah. <laughs> So do you, um, you like making the sausage. Mm -hmm. How's the, I mean, and you do it because uh, you do the, the education side of it. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Would you rather be in the room by yourself making sausage or you'd rather be teaching somebody how to do it? I'll tell you what, uh, here's what gives me a lot of uh, pride. Yeah. For the last year and a half and working on two years now, uh, during the height of all this COVID, during the shutdown, I was talking to a, a, a fellow that you and I both know, and that's uh, uh, Max Maro Chupar. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Texacana uh, barbecue. Texacana barbecue. Uh, so Max had some downtime in his uh, consulting gigs, and we were just talking, and he came in and made a video with yeah. me about sausage. And he said, "Oh, you you should uh, maybe do some sausage classes." Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's how Max talked. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that's how it started. <laughs> yeah, that's no how it started. <laughs> so Max shot the video, and I'm like, "Oh, what the hell?" Yeah. So I, I put it out there, and we started, uh, or I started uh, making the the sausage classes available for people. Uh, I found, and to answer your question, uh, that this level of mentorship, for lack of a better term. Uh, really speaks to me. Yeah. It really does yeah. because I'm able to access parts of my brain and use some of this information yeah. that would just otherwise be sitting there for my own entertainment yeah. and actually giving it to people that can actually uh, use it mm -hmm. where the rubber hits the road. And there's a little bit of boasting and pride, yeah. a full 10% of the Texas Monthly Top 50 list came through my doors to... My I'm not going to name any names. No, for sure. <laughs> but you know, my man. But I'm yeah. just saying. But I'm, I'm not trying to say that from an egotistical standpoint. No, I'm no. just saying that sausage making has that niche, yeah. has, has, for me, become really inspirational. And the inspiration not just comes from creating uh, unique and different things, and for which there is a lot of inspiration and pride in that but that le level of mentorship and seeing people take the knowledge that i'm able to give to them yeah. and then taking the ball and running with it and making it their own a very wise man told me that if you take one thing from somebody mm -hmm. right and in this industry yeah. by the way and and start using people say hey that's so and so oh god yeah, yeah right yeah. but if you take five different or ten different things and make it your own yeah then you're a genius <laughs> and that's crazy because it's really all recycling 
yes. when it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. But I kind of liken it to this. Yeah. For people that are musically minded. Uh, you ever heard of the band The Yardbirds? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. What guitar players came out of the band? Yeah. Jeff Beck, uh, Jimmy Page, and Eric Clapton. They <clears throat> all came out of that band wow. at different times. Yeah. And do they play alike? No. Not at all. They don't. Do they have their own unique mm -hmm. uh, sound? Yes, they do. But is it all of that based on 12-bar blues? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> Every yeah. bit of it. Wow. So all I'm doing is providing people with the with the groundwork mm -hmm. and the ABCs and 123s and how things properly work together. And then it's up to them to make it their own individual stamp. And that is where I... Yeah really really enjoy things you're teaching them the 12 bars i'm i'm teaching them the 12 bars and they're taking their own right. fender or see, to, you know whatever yeah. they're gonna go from <laughs> muddy waters to yeah. god knows what man see that's cool as hell i like all that a whole lot i do um you know and that's that kind of touches on history a little bit i'm such a history dude myself <laughs> uh you know and see, i didn't know that about you I, I know and me and you haven't got the chance to talk um, a whole bunch outside of the barbecue stuff mm -hmm. on that. But I've always heard other people that had conversations with you on how much you're a history buff. And then if you follow the Sausage Sensei on Instagram, um, <laughs> you will see that <laughs> Sausage underscore Sensei. Yeah. <laughs> you will see that this man is a huge history buff and lots and lots and lots of very interesting things. What was that? The last one you posted um, mm -hmm. it was about <laughs> too much, know, probably. Right? <laughs> but but when it comes down to it, you you do not want to um, start doing something without knowing what's going to happen. And what I mean by that is, his, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat yourself. And True. that's a lot of that is happening right now in society. Oh, and it's goodness, yes, it's a whole other show to get into. Oh, it is. But it, yeah. it's it's literally people not being ignorant ignorant is willfully you know they're willfully ignorant in in what our history is and and not only barbecue but in america and the world mm -hmm. and to now create their own narrative definitively and i think a lot of that now i'm gonna sound some people may say i sound a little crazy but i think a lot of this is by design and purpose in which to dumb down the great the greater populace yeah. and by dumbing them down you can exert a lot of control over them and manipulate them. yeah and that's done from a political side and it's also done from a lot of people sorry but <laughs> it's also done from a lot of people in uh the social media platforms yeah. as well yeah and i think a lot of it is rather nefarious and I think a lot of it is, uh, yeah. you're, you're not, you're not wrong at all. And I don't think it's any kind of secret that there's some nefarious stuff going on with some bad actors, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, without getting into specific instances or anything, uh, you can see the, the change in society over the past, oh, even, yeah. even five years, oh, even, yeah. even, you know, go back 10 years, even 20 years, you know, have mm -hmm. there, there, it's been it's a completely different world than it was yesterday. Oh yeah. You know, um, it's exciting, um, but at the same time, you know, look at it this way. Would you rather live uh, in a time where nothing's happening and you are just sitting there just uh, for your whole life, nothing interesting happens? No. Or are you going to – this is the most yeah. interesting timeline I think we can live in for, for modern human history. Yeah, um, I, think there, I think there is some wisdom to that. Yeah. You know, you can also take that and, and – and, Backtrack at 70, 75 years ago during the World War II era as well. And, yeah. But there again, media wasn't what it is today. And that comes from the, the social media thing that mm -hmm. everybody's True. really stuck on. I mean, including myself. I'm on it a lot. And then for this industry, the barbecue industry, that's you know Instagram, um, you know, all sure. of them, all the way across. But Instagram for our industry, for the barbecue thing, it's really the biggest. Yep. Um, it is. And the thing about it is, um, like Coach Royal said, mm -hmm. you know, UT, you yeah. have to dance with the one who brung you. Uh-huh. You know, and by goodness, that's true. <laughs> so, yes, you're absolutely correct for our industry in order to remain uh, uh, viable. I yeah. mean, we don't have uh, printed newspaper is a thing of the past, has are the yellow pages. Yeah. When's the last time yeah. you picked up a landline and dialed the uh, number? It's been a while. Or, or gotten an operator. <laughs> on since the I was in like seventh grade, maybe eighth grade. <laughs> so exactly. So yeah. we have to, we have to dance with the one that brung in. And what that is, is that is electronic media. And the instantaneous nature of electronic media means that worldwide, the worldview has shrunk. 
so I can talk to someone in Istanbul yeah. right, now, right now, and we can have a lot of things in common, right? Even though they're in Istanbul, yeah. and here I am, but because that worldview is shrunk, but the, it's a double-edged sword. By the shrinking of the world, we also kind of dumbed it d- down. Yes, because now they're they they can just see right here. Yeah, you can just see right here, and I mean, yeah. It might be an Istanbul that you're looking at through this window, yeah. but it's still through this... Through that prism. This prism that is not yeah. what the reality really is. Yes, and not only that, but let's not discount the fact that different uh, media platforms are uh, censoring quite a few things and eliminating uh, what I term to be uh, critical thought. Yeah. So with the elimination of any type of critical thought... Uh, you're actually making society more ignorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's not usually, and I don't want this to sound bad, but uh, it's not someone that's, uh, it's not someone that's, that's ignorant that is going to nine times out of 10 really seek the truth and yeah, the light. Yeah, because they're ignorant because they don't want to look for that. Exactly. And, you know, water, water, water itself follows the path of least, least resistance. resistance so does human nature. Uh-huh. And so with that in mind, I think that we're at a very strange period in time. And I don't know exactly where things are going to lay, but I don't it is a very interesting time. Yeah, But, you know, when it comes to the um, the path of least resistance and going with the grain and stuff, mm-hmm. that's where I'm very excited that I do go against the grain. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> yes, I go against the grain as well. You know, I'm, I'm a, a little bit older generation. I can remember, you know, all kinds of things. I won't bore you with that, but oh, uh, yeah. but it's just I don't know. It, it every day seems like there's something <laughs> interesting. I'll just say that that you would never have thought about last year oh, or even yeah, last month. Yeah, but wild. at the same time, I'm seeing things. I'm seeing earmarks. Mm-hmm. You know, little things. I say, well, that's what happened during the Bolshevik Revolution. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's what happened during uh, Joseph Goebbels and oh, whatever yeah. he was talking and about during that. And that's where people are messing up because they're willfully not looking back to history to see these comparisons. And they're yeah, just they're getting ran over by it now because whatever powers that be are counting on our ignorance. And and what that is, is that that is from a political standpoint, that is just pure power mm-hmm. and control. In the same respect that uh, the Bolsheviks and it got twisted, and that power and control was condensed into one person, yeah. which was Stalin. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's a, a direct comparison, but certainly not. It's got but, it's got its but, parallels. Yeah. But there that there's the parallels that yeah. are identifying and right? that are scary and that are scary. Yeah. And you know, and it just kind of goes back to any any time in history, uh, wherever you were globally. Uh, just keeping your keeping as well informed as you can, as well prepared as you mm-hmm. can, and keeping your head on a swivel. Yep. Um, and Bill, it's been awesome talking to you, dude. <laughs> it's been awesome talking to you. I uh, I could go on. And uh, I know on. I could too. I, I, we could too. I just um, it's uh, it's another show. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely for sure. You know. Um. But yeah. But you know, I, I really enjoyed having you on, and um. I look forward to the next one because I want to do what we're going to do is end up doing some more cooking. Uh-huh. So I'll be bringing my pit out to you and um, yeah. let's get something going here. Yeah. You know, with, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I've been doing these sausage classes and I, I'm currently booked now all the way through the beginning of 2023. So Congratulations, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I've got, so I've got 52 weeks of, okay. of sausage classes, ding, yeah. ding, ding, all through the year. I, I, I just say that to plant a seed. Yeah. And uh, so you're cordially invited to roll up at any one of those sausage classes nice. and and throw in, uh, shadow, yeah. contribute, whatever your I'll comfort level is. <laughs> yeah, all of that. And also another seat I want to also throw out there, too, is I'm looking for people to... I'm looking for people to collaborate with. <laughs> so y'all give them a call. This yeah, is give really me call. one of the best in the industry right here. Uh, February 5th, I'm doing a a, a collab with uh, uh, Nomad Barbecue. Yes. So that's gonna be a fun one. Hey, that's gonna be. I a saw fun the graphics one. for that one too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's gonna be a. Ri- so we're doing a, a five course meal all in tube form, from uh, soup to dessert. Uh, uh, wait, soup. Yeah, so let me how, look, walk through this real fast. Yes, yes one second. Yes. <laughs> so, so here, so it's coarse. Yeah, right. Yeah. Remember, I told you sausage can be anything. Well, it can. So, 
suit course, uh, I have to look at my notes again, but just to make sure I'm on the right track and remembering things correctly, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a pho, a beef pho soup, Ugh. right, uh, with a dipping sauce. And I can't remember what the dipping sauce. I think it's a bun, bun bo hue, uh, but it's a dipping sauce, but it's a, it's a pho sausage. And then we go to appetizer sausage, which is a tomato bruschetta oh, uh, with God. pesto. <laughs> right so see this is the, the yeah. intuitive like, yeah. inventive stuff that yeah. this is like so, out the water and that's appetizer <laughs> and then we have uh two entrees and the entrees uh, i believe are going to be a korean bulgogi uh, sausage uh then we have a chicken vindaloo uh sausage yeah those are the two entrees and then the dessert sausage will be a candied pecan bourbon sausage so we're wow. gonna course it all out. There's no tickets, so you just roll up and Where's we'll course it at? all out. Uh, Brotherton's Black Iron Barbecue. Uh-huh. So that's Nomad. That's collaboration number one. What, what day is that? You know? uh, February fifth. February fifth. Okay. Uh-huh. And then the next one I'm working with uh, Brad uh, Brad Fee. Oh, that yeah. a big thicket. Yeah, yeah. So we're working on. I don't have a date on that yet. Uh, Jack's uh, Smokehouse in Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, that's coming up. And then, uh, also I'm working with, uh, Danny Castillo. Oh, at Heritage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out at Heritage. And I'm going to try and sedge the way that in to do something with Harry Sue when I'm in Pomona, as well as with, uh, uh, Moose, uh, Craft Barbecue. Oh yeah. Life. Uh, Andrew and, um, uh, Munoz. Well, yeah. I yeah. forget his wife's name. Um, yeah. I know. I'm terrible. Me too. I'm so yeah. bad at it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, collabs, yes. Oh, cool, and, man. And, and I say all that because... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got time now, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's put something on the calendar. Let's make it work, my man. Yep. Thank you so much, brother. Yes, sir. Thank yeah. you. And thanks for bringing the sausage out. And uh, y'all, don't forget, y'all don't forget to you know, follow Sausage Sensei on Instagram <laughs> and keep up with him. Yep. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all.